This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, everybody. Welcome. It's Friday night. Uh, you know, I just love Friday night. Uh, I'm sure you do, too, for all sorts of reasons. But I love it because um, two reasons. It's the weekend, right? We're there. You're with me. I love you. And also, we do stories that are unique and a little different than Monday through Thursday. Tonight, though, we've got, like, breaking news. So I'm kind of going standard off the top of the show, and then I'm going to get into the more unique stories. But the reason I'm doing, like, the standard off the top of the show is because news was made today and yesterday. Just We've been following this. Like, you and me, as a true crime community, the Idaho student murders are just top of the list in terms of mystery and need for resolution, right? Just like a need for resolution. Everybody says the same thing. When's the trial? That I can't tell you, but I can tell you this. Uh, Steve Gonzalez, Kaylee Gonzalez's dad, is on the show tonight as an exclusive. And the reason I asked him to be on the show tonight is because there was such a, like a bombshell announcement yesterday. Like, it's true this time. It's going to happen. They are going to take the wrecking ball to this home where his daughter used to live before that horrendous night uh, 13 months ago, uh, when she and three others in that home were ruthlessly murdered by a madman. It is the biggest piece of evidence in the case. And so the debate is, why tear it down before the trial? What if there's just something left that someone needs to know, like a jury or an investigator? So Steve is going to talk to me about his uh, reaction. He is speaking on behalf of not only his family, but also Zana Kernodal's family. Uh, we're going to hear... Um, some thoughts. And uh, also, I have some news from the Chapin family as well. I spoke with Stacey Chapin, Ethan Chapin's mom today. I'll tell you what that is, too. Also, I am a big fan. Here's where the Friday night part really comes in. I am a huge fan of the show Below Deck. It's like my thing. It's like my little secret. Sometimes I stay up all night. Like, I can't stop. I watch, I binge it all night till seven in the morning. I know, it's a thing. It's a problem. I'm looking into it. But something happened today that brought Below Deck onto my show because uh, the feds got involved with some charter guests. And if you don't know Below Deck, it's like Downton Abbey meets the high seas. So these really rich people charter these really big mega yachts, which I love, super yachts. And then you get to see their lives above, and then you get to see the crew, you know, and all the shenanigans down below, which is awesome because the crew is young and sexy and single, and what's going to happen, right? They're on a boat for six weeks together. So there's this pair right here. Uh, and, and the DEA has, has caught them, and, and the DEA says they're, they're, you know, dealing drugs. Geek. That may not be the biggest headline except for the fact that that's a doctor. So, and then the connection is the doctor is allegedly using the cast members' names from below deck. So I need to know which cast members, right? I've got Paula Furla coming on. She's our scoop uh, princess, literally, at, at News Nation. I'm going to ask her a whole bunch of questions about that, about that story. And then all week long, uh, I have been marking a very 
poignant and important anniversary. And it is an anniversary that uses the name Kaylee, not Casey. It was 15 years ago this week that the, the remains of Kaylee Anthony, that beautiful little girl, adorable little child, um, her remains were found in the woods not far from her home. And if you think about 15 years and an almost three-year-old, uh, she'd be 18, maybe in college. It's hard to just picture Kaylee Anthony at 18 years old. She's the same age as my son. He's off to college next year. And I have to tell you, back then when I covered the case, literally every day, so many people were so tight-lipped. But 15 years has a way of changing people and loosening them up. And so we go back to the sources uh, not the prognosticators and the speculators. We go back to the people involved with the case, like the lead investigator, who is telling us some things that we didn't know before. So you're going to hear all of that. Uh, let's start here, though. 13 months. That is how long we've been following the Idaho student murders. 13 days. That is how long until a key piece of evidence in the case is going to be destroyed. It's the house where those four students were violently murdered in their own beds by a madman. It's now scheduled for demolition, three days after Christmas. I know it feels like that, you know, we've heard that before. Um, we have. Demolition has been announced and then delayed multiple times over the past year. I get it. Uh, several of the victims' parents have been adamant that the house should stay intact just in case a jury someday wants to see it, just in case investigators missed something and need to go back in. Like they did several times this past year. And according to a brand new statement from the families of Kaylee Gonzalez and Zana Kernodal, that opinion has not changed. It reads in part, isn't it better to have the King Road house and not need it then need the house and not have it. That has been our question to the prosecution and the University of Idaho uh, for the entire time. It is obvious from the two recent visits to the house by both the prosecution and the defense that there is still evidentiary value in having the King Road house still standing. Victims' families have a voice and should be heard and listened to. But then there is also the family of another victim, and that is Ethan Chapin. Um, Ethan Chapin's mother agrees with the school's decision. Ethan was a triplet, and his two siblings, Macy and Hunter, still attend the university. And in a News Nation exclusive, Ethan's mom, Stacy, sent me this statement just a short time ago, and I'll read it. We are supportive of the decision to take down the King Street house for the good of the university, its students, including our own kids, and the community of Moscow. A team working for the defense was inside the house just yesterday and also again today, taking photographs and measurements. And the FBI did the same thing just a few weeks ago in November. I am joined now live by Steve Gonzalez. He is the father of one of the four students killed, Kaylee Gonzalez. Steve, thank you for being on tonight. Just your reaction to getting this news. Was this a surprise, hearing that there's a date scheduled, and it is December 28th? Yeah, I was definitely more, I was surprised that we, we're at a moment in the case that we don't even have a trial date. You know, we've had a trial date for almost the vast majority of once they had a suspect. 
So we don't have a trial date, but we have a date to have, you know, largely the biggest piece of evidence being destroyed, which just seems backwards, you know. So I would have expected that something this monumental would have been discussed behind the scenes, that your lawyer, Shannon Gray, would have been in conversations at least to, to give you guys, you know, enough time to process this. And it sounds like that's not the case. You didn't get much time um, different than the time that we got in terms of this announcement. No. And um, I kind of take this as a, from, from a perspective of that my opinion is not important as a parent. That's not it. Uh, what is important is these, the, the lead investigators at the county, state, and federal level. And it, it is to my knowledge that they are not in all agreement. And we tried to get them to all come in agreement and address, you know, come out with a formal statement. So if they can't all agree, I, I find it very hard for the parents to all agree. You know, we're all we're all trying to get through this the best way we can. I'm, I want to be absolutely respectful to every single one of the parents. Um, I understand. I understand that this has to go down and I'm not going to fight it forever. And I want to be careful what I fight. Because there's, you know, this is a losing battle, but um, well, you know, a long. It's a long battle as well as we've come to understand. That brings me to the issue of, of Mrs. Chapin, Ethan Chapin's mom, Stacy, has uh, given that statement to me, saying that you know we're okay with this at this point. We agree with the university. Um, we think it's in the best interest of the kids who are there, including her two kids and the community as a whole. What are your thoughts about that? I totally respect it. I, I get it. Um, I have leaked footage. I have, I've seen things that they may have not seen. I know for a fact the path that this uh, white salon, this, this car took. And people are going to wonder what he was doing when he parks in certain locations for extended amount of time. What was he looking at? I want to know what he was looking at. And I don't know how you can see what this man was looking at without the house being there. What windows was he peering into? Why did he pick that location to stop at? Why did he keep going back to these certain locations? And I don't know about the other 12 or 13 times that he was there. I just know of the day that this happened and the footage that was given to me. So I, I'm going to do what's best for my girl. Um, I'm going to protect her. I'm going I'm to weigh on the side of what's best for her and making sure that I'm not going to let something slip through our hands that I could have said something. But I do understand it has you know, to go. I, I have this question for you um, because up until now I hadn't really contemplated this. But do you think it's at all possible that the prosecution is so confident about their case, they're not worried at all about the House standing? I've been told that exactly. I've been told 100%. The amount of stuff we have, Steve, relax. You know, you're you're a very aggressive uh, a father. Relax, but it it's not in my it's not in my character to just sit back and and just know that an opportunity isn't being seized upon. And uh, I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't live with myself if later on, you know, something happened and a jury member said, you know what, it really came down to the fact that I couldn't see firsthand. They told us the ideal jury member was someone who had thousands of acres and had no time to watch TV. He was out on the farm. 
well, I don't feel like that kind of guy is going to see the footage that I seen and not want to understand what was going on in the house. And a computer program is going to mean nothing to that farmer. Almost zero value in a computer model to a farmer like that. I want to dovetail off something you just said, and that is that um, they've told you that, uh, Steve, the amount of stuff we have, relax. Are you referring to, like, victims' advocates or people actually in the know of the case, that they have such a solid case that you should rest easy? Um, Because I've made myself vocal, people have reached out to me, and some of those people have just said that if, if, if what I know is accurate, Steve, there's a massive amount of information um, this case will open up uh, other investigators to know that that this is that there's a whole nother level of data being collected on people, and um, some of that will come out in this case. Are these people with direct knowledge of the case? Yes, yes. Well, that's fascinating, and I would imagine it buoys your spirit to hear something like that with someone who has direct knowledge of, of the case. Have you had any indications at all about how close we might be to getting a start date uh, for this trial? No, I don't. And that's, that's, that's the upside down world that we're in right now. How does a family not have a court date, but they have a date to destroy a house that they're, that was, that is a huge, that is the crime scene. It is the crime scene. So we're going to destroy that, but we don't have a date to actually have, you know, a prosecution. I mean, how do you get one before the other? It, it just doesn't seem the right order. It doesn't seem to make sense. But again, I'm, I, I, I'm a, a father who is coming at this from a perspective of what I know, and there's a lot more to it. So I'm trying to be very fair about it, but... Um, at the same time, it doesn't make a lot of sense with the information that they've shared with my family. Well, I mean, I've covered a lot of cases in my 36 years of, of doing this job. And um, I can tell you when I go to a crime scene, I'm completely surprised by the reality of the three-dimensional um, I'm always surprised when I show up somewhere at how different it looks in person than on television or in a diagram. And we were showing some video while I was interviewing Brian Enton last night of a cameraman who walks up. I don't know if we have it um, queued up for this program. I'm just sort of uh, going rogue here. But it's a cameraman who walks up the driveway to the left of the house as you're looking straight on at the house. And you go up a hill... And you can see right into Maddie's room where Maddie and Kaylee spent the night that night and were were killed. And directly behind you, just a matter of about 50 feet, maybe a little more, a little less, is an apartment building where there could be some, you know, debate over who could have heard something or heard nothing from that distance away. But if the house is down, you would never be able to get that perspective, not from a diagram, not from a 3D, not from, from anything at all. So... I have to agree with you. And in the Murdoch case, the jurors wanted to go to the Moselle property, and they did, and they convicted. So it was something that the prosecution um, benefited from. Can, can I ask you, we're going into the holidays, and we'll, we'll show this video that we just were able to get. Thank you to the control room. As I was mentioning it before, you can see this perspective going up the left-hand side of the house, up this uphill driveway, beside these parked cars. You'll come alongside the... The, the left side of the house and the back of the house 
on the upper level, right around the corner. You're about to see it. It's the outdoor um, balcony uh, that, that leads to, to Maddie's room and the perspective that the cameraman gets just walking up this driveway. You can see it emerging right there, how close it is to the apartments that are right behind him on the other side of the road he's, he's standing on. Now just imagine that that property is flattened. What a juror might or might not know about that window right there on that corner, on that upper level. Um, that yeah. was Maddie's room. So I'm with you, Steve. How are you planning to honor um, Kaylee, and, and how is your family planning to uh, get through the holidays in the next two weeks? Um, it's just one day at a time. Um, we try to, you know, embrace uh, the normal track, you know, the normal structure that we've ever had for these type of holidays. We're a big family. We're going to be, but they're probably cooking cookies right this minute you know as i'm doing this they're in the kitchen doing stuff with the grandchildren so we're going to try to lean in on the normalcy of this type of time and you know the love the caring the things that a family has especially at this time of the the year to really uh you know see people that you haven't seen for a long time and you know share with them how much you miss them so i think uh there'll be a lot of that this year well, if it means anything, um, my team and I talk about you all uh, frequently, and we would like to send you our our best for you and your family this season. Um, our condolences are always with you, but also our, our best wishes for you to maintain some kind of new normalcy with your family. And I thank you so much for doing this exclusive with me tonight. I appreciate it. Let's talk again soon. Thank you. Steve Gonzalez joining me now uh, live. And that story is not over again. As Steve said, we don't have a trial date yet, but we will. Mark my word, soon. Uh, still to come, is all publicity good publicity? The TV network Bravo better hope so, because one of my favorite shows on television, Below Deck, has a little thing going on. It's uh, not a crime on the high seas, but some of the former cast members could be victims. Please say it's not Kate Chastain. That's all I'm saying. Just say it's not Kate. Uh, that story, and I'm going to ask who, which cast members, next. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. We all have our favorite shows. Right? We either wait patiently every week or we binge until all hours like moi. And my favorite show is Below Deck. It's a problem. <laughs> it's on Bravo. They've got the Caribbean, the Mediterranean. I have not started on Down Under, so do not say anything. Please don't spoil it for me. Please have my back. If you have not seen Below Deck, it follows the day-to-day -day, um, life, basically, of crew members who are working aboard a luxury yacht. That's Captain Sandy. Um, it's kind of like Downton Abbey, but it's on the high seas with bikinis and Don Julio. And every episode is basically filled with the most ridiculous demands uh, that the uber-rich guests who charter the yachts uh, make of these crew members who have to bust their very small butts, um, you know, to, to 
you know, indulge them. And then, of course, it's also all the shenanigans that happened uh, are bound to happen, let's be frank, below deck, where everybody is single and, like, in heat. <laughs> they're crazy. And they're crammed together on a boat for six weeks. What could go wrong? Uh, Captain Sandy Yon, you saw the picture. She's my girl. Uh, she's like this no-nonsense skipper. She breaks down all the barriers in an industry where a woman at the helm of a super yacht, that's really rare, but she is badass. Um, there's also Chief Stew Kate Chastain, my favorite. Uh, she once took her frustration out on a guest by folding his blanket into the shape of a male body part, as in URA. <laughs> she called it a rocket ship, but we all knew. Um, then there's Hannah Ferrier. Uh, she's another dedicated Chief Stew from Australia. She got into some trouble uh, because she had Valium on board uh, without a prescription. I still do not know why Malia turned her in. It, I won't get over that. I do like Malia, but I am not happy about that. Um, I have not even touched on, like, Chef Ben or Chef Rachel or Eddie the Bosun or Aisha. Oh, guys! I just love her to pieces. They're super delightful. They're entertaining crew members. The show is great. But don't get me started on Riley, Rocky, or Reina. Blah. They all start with R. I don't know why. Um, anyway, yesterday something hinky happened in the below-deck world. The Drug Enforcement Agency dropped a press release with some bad news for some unnamed crew members. Um, they say that two charter guests on board the yacht Sirocco in the French Riviera back in 2019 have been using crew members' names to fill and pick up and sell prescription drugs throughout Long Island. And these are the guests in question. Take a look. Two eggs over easy, two pancakes on the side. That's all you get. Two eggs over easy, two pancakes on the side, but you can order anything, anything on board. That's Dr. Francis Martinez and his wife, uh, Jessica. They have now been indicted in Suffolk County, New York, accused of, quote, criminal sale of prescriptions for a controlled substance by a practitioner and falsifying business records in the first degree. According to the DEA, Jessica was busted trying to fill some handwritten prescriptions for oxycodone. And yes, the cops say they were handwritten by her husband, a doctor. Uh, this was already unusual to the pharmacist because you probably know most prescriptions are now sent electronically right from the doctor. But some further investigation revealed, they say, that the real kicker here is that patients listed on the prescriptions were the names of former crew members on Below Deck, and not one of them lived on Long Island. That's a clue. Joining me now with more details is News Nation's senior story editor and my friend Paula Froelich. You're the first person I thought of when I saw this story because I wondered if you could get your spidey sources to spill the tea on which crew members got their names hijacked for these uh, alleged prescriptions. Uh Okay, let's just first say, I am also a huge obsessive fan of the show. It is just, it's like crack. I can't handle it. Um, I love it. And we do it. not know the names. Nobody is releasing them. But what I can tell you mm. is that they were on season four, episode two. So don't worry about Kate. She wasn't on that episode. It was Captain Sandy. It was Hannah. It was Chef Ben. Yes, it was Aisha. It was Bobby. We don't know if they were the ones. We do know that they had close contact with the martinis. And we also know that they spent a lot of time talking. And we know that the Martinis have done this for a little while. However, it should be noted that you and I can go online and find the names of any cast member. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, that picture, that was Aisha serving them. And here's my, oh, yeah. here's my guess. Oh, yeah, she had no when idea Aisha what's, finds out what's about, about this, to happen. If she... Right, but if she's found out about this already mm -hmm. or if she's about to find out about this, she'd be nice. Like, she'd be like, oh, it's so 
okay, guys? Like, that's how her response she, would be if she found out that her I name was I actually think she'd go, oh, my God, first. And then say, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, they must have had some problems. But, no, yeah. I got to be honest. Listen, like, when you hear something like this, you, you want to feel because these cast members and the crew members, most of them are pretty, pretty nice. And except for the ones I listed, like the Rileys and the, oh mm-hmm. man, those ones, forget about it. But are they going to tell us, like at some point, are they going to reveal who the victims were in this and whose names were used? Because I'm not sure how victimized they were, except for the fact that it's on the news. Okay. I bet that they will at some point. And I bet that the cast members have already been notified because it is a massive investigation. You not only have the Suffolk County Police Department involved, you've got Homeland Security and the DEA. So at some point, somebody had to pick up a phone and say, hey, just checking, did you order oxycodone? And do you live in Long Island? Or have you been in Long Island? Hey, five seconds, literally (laughs) five second answer. Are they going to be called as witnesses? Like, are we going to see them on the witness stand? I mean, we can only hope, and I hope that Bravo films it. But also, BT Dubs, if you're going to try and get some oxycodone, don't do a hand pers- handwritten prescription. Don't. You don't do that anymore. And then when you're busted, don't, use don't a famous say, name. hey, yeah, and also don't say, hey, I'm not selling it. It's for personal use. And you're just like, oh, geez. Well, run. they're not, they're I not doing that. I'm getting the hook. I'm getting the, I'm getting the hook. You know that, that. Oh. That entertainment hook. Um, Paula, thank you for that. Call me when you find out or if you find out who the names are. Appreciate this. Have a good weekend. You too. (laughs) And by the way, bravo. Um, Hey, if you happen to be watching, uh, we were thinking earlier, you know, noodling on my show, my team and I, that a Banfield murder mystery on Below Deck, like a charter, would be a really good idea. Uh, We've discussed. I'm talking to you, Andy Cohen. Just saying. Ratings. Okay, next up. Talk about a front row seat to the trial of the century. I was literally there in the courtroom for Casey Anthony's entire criminal case. But as we mark the 15 years since the remains of her little daughter Kaylee were discovered in the woods, there are some new details that are emerging from this case that we had not heard before. And they're from people who were part of the case, part of the true crime history of it. In a minute, the lead investigator who came upon Kaylee Anthony's crime scene and saw his life and career change forever. Stay right there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Kaylee Anthony has been top of my mind for the entire week, and not just because of the one hour that I spend with you each night. Uh, She went missing in Orlando, Florida in the summer of 2008 at just two and a half. Six months later, her remains were found less than a half mile from her home, and it was 15 years ago this week. If you watched the news back then, there was no bigger story in the country. Kaylee's mom, Casey Anthony, stood trial for murder, among other charges, and she was found not guilty. And that shocked the nation. Officially, Kaylee's cause of death is still listed as unknown, and her case is officially listed as unsolved. But if you heard the testimony of how the investigators found that child's body, 
the state that her remains were in, how Kaylee had been hidden, how she looked, how the crime scenes even smelled. These are things that many of us will never shake, like the words duct tape. The person who tried to dispose of Kaylee used duct tape. And one expert says there was even a little heart-shaped sticker right on the mouth, but no fingerprints. This week, I spoke exclusively to Casey Anthony's then-attorney about the moment that he first heard the words duct tape being a key part of the evidence in the case. Take a look. And while we were there talking, the sheriff, then Barry, came from the other side of the room uh, with his aides and making a lot of noise, a grand interest, uh, entrance, uh, causing attention to himself, and, and with a hand twirling around his head, saying they found this child and she was, her head was totally entombed in duct tape. And of course, that started to fire. Well, it was a lie to begin with, but he didn't know probably it was a lie. He was, he was told, you know, somebody said something about some tape and somebody else said something else and interpreted by the time I got to the sheriff and he's in the courtroom, he's creating this, this uh, image that never existed. Where exactly that duct tape was on Kaylee's body, over her mouth or wrapped around her head, would be all debated during Casey Anthony's murder trial. And I want to bring in exclusively to News Nation Gerardo Bloise. He, um, at the time of Kaylee's death, was the crime scene investigator for Orange County's Sheriff's Office, and he was the lead investigator when Kaylee's body was found. His book, CSI, The Casey Anthony Child Murder Case, published just last month. Um, Gerardo, thank you for being on the program. I wanted to get your reaction to what Cheney Mason, who we just heard, Casey's attorney, um, what he said, that the duct tape was wrapped around the head, as the sheriff said, and that was a lie. You were there. You were first on the scene. What were your impressions of where that duct tape was likely placed by the killer who dumped her body? Uh, first, thank you for having me in your show. And I think that uh, the Consul Mason is completely mislead the people, they still mislead the people in our country about this case. Uh, when uh, I arrived at the scene, it was December 11th, because my fellow detective, Yuri Melish, called me and said, Geraldo, apparently they found what appears to be a skeletal remains in the Wooder area in the suburban drive. When I arrived at the scene, I observed what appears to be a small skull with duct tape around the mouth and the nose. The tape was holding by two mass of hairs on both sides of the skull, and that is the truth. So armchair detectives and armchair sleuths have been sort of getting a hold of the Casey Anthony story over the last decade and a half. Do you think that they are altering the way this newer generation is going to see this case and maybe not believe the story that we learned in that courtroom? I believe that those, uh, the, the counselors, they try, or still try to mislead uh, the country about this case, but you cover very well this case in the court of room in Orlando, and you were a witness in the first row of the court, and you saw the evidence that we submitted in this trial, and the majority of the people in the United States 
and the people of the state of Florida believe that the evidence that we submitted in this case was completely pristine and reliable. And I believe that the people are still in our side. Just a few people, they're on the side of the defense. You know, I understand when you're, you know, in the business of, of the science of policing, sometimes it becomes very separated. You're very clinical in your work. But at year 15, it's, it's hard to believe that little Kaylee would be 18 years old. And I wondered if you, once the trial was over and the noise dimmed down, if you were reflective or if you become reflective about this kind of a milestone, that that little girl would be 18 Yeah, it's a, it's a sad case. And right now, we're celebrating Christmas. Back then, in December 11, 2008, was Christmas time, mostly. And right now, how many children in our country, they're going to receive their presents from Santa? Sadly, the Kaylee, our Kaylee, was denied that opportunity because her mother was responsible for her death, Casey Anthony. That's my reflection. Every single December 11 that I will remember forever, Kaylee Anthony. She don't receive any presents from Santa because the mother was responsible for her death. And it's amazing that this much time has, uh, has passed. Uh, Gerardo Blase, it's, it's good to see you again. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I'll just uh, let our audience know again, your book is called CSI, The Casey Anthony Child Murder Case. And it's, um, it's brand new and it's out there. So go get yourself a copy. Thank you, sir. I appreciate right. one this. Thing that I, one thing I would like to mention, if you give me a chance. Uh, just uh, quickly, I'm, I'm, I've got to go to break. The go ahead. Sil- yeah, that, that that sales of that book will be uh, towards the Missing Child Project. Oh, I'm so glad you added that. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know. I appreciate that, Mr. Boise. And um, the best of the holidays to you and your family. You too. Thank you. So in the 15 years since little Kaylee's lifeless body was discovered, um, a lot of armchair detectives a lot, have suggested that they know what happened, or at least that they know what didn't happen to that little girl. And um, time has a way of messing with the truth if some people are just louder than others. So on this week's anniversary, we thought it was appropriate to go back to the source, to the original people closest to the case. And everybody lawyered up when Casey Anthony was arrested. And they all remember different details of how the story played out. So we're speaking to more of them next. My friend Tom's family only is wireless for home internet, so it can be mad slow when everyone's online. But we get fast, reliable internet from Xfinity, so I can game with basically no interruptions. Ooh, it just leveled up. Don't settle for just wireless. Switch to Xfinity Internet and get 99.9% reliable internet so you can do more of what you love online. Don't wait. Get it all with Xfinity, home of the next generation 10G network. The future starts now. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. News Nation's Robert Sherman on the ground in Israel. I'm Robert Sherman coming to you live from Tel Aviv. Every hour that goes by here in Israel, the tensions on the ground 
heighten even more. Off in the distance, you can hear the sound of sirens blaring. We still stand out here in Tel Aviv. We've heard a few fighter jets overhead. This is part of the everyday reality in Israel. Robert Sherman, another reason more and more Americans are trusting and watching News Nation. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans, do you wear glasses or use hearing aids? VA Healthcare may cover both of those for you at no or low cost. You may even be eligible for free dental care at one of VA's more than 200 dental clinics. Sign up at va.gov, call 1-800-MY-VA-411 or visit your nearest VA medical center. Thanks for listening to News Nation on the go. I'm Marnie Hughes, and this is America's fastest-growing cable news network. Ma, is this how you feed a hamster? Uh, I think so. Is my homework right? Hmm, I think so. Is uh, this milk still good? Uh, I think so. When it comes to parenting, sometimes it's okay to think you know. But when it's something as important as your child's car seat, don't just think. No. Double-check if your child is in the right seat for their age and size. It'll help protect them in a car crash. Don't just think. No. By visiting NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'm Scarlett Johansson. My family relied on public assistance to help provide meals for us. These meals fueled my involvement in theater and the arts as a child, which fostered my love for acting. The Feeding America network of food banks helps millions of people put food on the table. You can join the movement to end hunger by donating, volunteering, and advocating. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Join the movement to end hunger at feedingamerica.org slash act now. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, this is News Nation's Chris Cuomo wishing you and yours all the joys of the Holy Day season. Everything good for you and yours. Please, may you enjoy the gift of good cheer this holiday and all year long. This is Chris Cuomo wishing you happy holidays from News Nation. Many Americans have missed regular dental care in the past few years. It's important to see a dentist twice a year to identify any problems early. Taking care of your oral health helps overall health. Brushing at least twice a day with fluoride toothpaste and flossing daily can help prevent oral health problems. For more information, visit hrsa.gov oral health. If you watch a lot of court cases or you cover many court cases, eventually you're going to look at some attorney going on and on and on about whatever, and then you're really going to wonder what they think deep down inside about their client or about the other lawyers or about the verdict or the judge. In court, their opinions don't matter. Out of court, you can ask them all day long, and you may never get a straight answer. Believe me, I have tried. But one thing really valuable... Uh, that happens with the passage of time, such as the 15 years that we're marking this week in the Casey Anthony case, 
is that we are finally able to tap into insights and viewpoints that we've never had before from the professionals closest to the action. This week, we've heard from one of Casey Anthony's fiercest courtroom defenders, as well as the judge who presided over the case, and just moments ago from the lead investigator in this case, but we are not done yet. Our Alex Capriello sat down with some of the other lawyers who had roles in this sprawling legal epic. And they, too, after 15 years, are ready to open up. If the Casey Anthony trial looked big on TV, and for a while it was the biggest thing on TV, well, it looked big to the lawyers, too. Jonathan Kaysen was on the defense team and vividly remembers showing up on day one with lead attorney Jose Baez. There's a huge media scrum outside of the courthouse. And I was saying to him, oh, what's going on here today? Is there another case? And he looked at me and he says, dude, this is for us. I said, what are you talking about? So he pulled in the parking lot. And from the moment we get out of the car with our bags, you know, you got these cameras in your face and microphones in your face. This was really the first case where the public through social media was in real time participating and commenting and giving opinions and evaluating and creating groups and, and everything else. It was remarkable, actually. Mark Nijame represented Casey Anthony's parents, Kaylee's grandparents, George and Cindy Anthony. So did attorney Brad Conway. There has not been, and, and I don't know that there will ever be, a case that garners as much attention so thoroughly as the Anthony case did. So th there was no book. There, there was no manual for me to consult. Conway signed on just days before Kaylee was found. She was right down the street. Um, and that area had been covered by searchers uh, over and over again. The difference is when, when people were searching for Kaylee, uh, it was a swamp. It was covered in water. And, and Kaylee was under all of that. And so until the area dried up and the water receded, it would have been impossible for anybody to find her. Um, and so I think that we are lucky that we did find as much as we found of her on December 11th of 2008. Where most cases have two sets of opposing lawyers, Casey Anthony's trial had three. The defense team was determined to cast suspicion elsewhere, and the target they chose was George. Literally everyone just gave us the stink eye in the courtroom, uh, you know, as if Jose and I committed some sort of crime. Uh, you know, we have a client we need to represent. That's the rules of the road. But Nee James says not only were George and Cindy not involved in Kaylee's death or disappearance, they wouldn't accept that Casey was either. I absolutely believe that the parents believed during that time that their daughter was innocent. And that's what caused us to break away. I didn't believe that. And when I, uh, and I would not support her in any way, and as the facts unfolded more and more, it became patently obvious to me that she was the one responsible for Kaylee's death. So to this day, you don't believe George had anything to do with it or knows the truth? I don't believe George Anthony had anything to do with Kaylee's death or her disposal. The jury's verdict, coming three full years, almost to the day after Cindy Anthony reported Kaylee missing, was not guilty. Casey Anthony was acquitted of murder, acquitted of aggravated manslaughter of a child, acquitted of aggravated child abuse. Her attorneys even now call the verdict appropriate. There was an enormous amount of arrogance on behalf of the prosecution. And I think they oversold their case and they undersold Jose. And that was what did them in. But it's very difficult for jurors 
to give the death penalty when they don't have direct evidence, when they don't have someone that sees it happen. Daryl Cohen is a prosecutor turned defense and entertainment lawyer. He was hired by Casey Anthony's former fiance to seek out a movie deal. It never happened. It was sad to me and disappointing to me that the jury acquitted Casey, but I understood it. I disagreed with it, but I understood it. What I believe fully is that Casey Anthony knows what happened to her daughter, Kaylee. I believe that Casey Anthony is responsible for Kaylee's death. I don't believe that it was a planned, intentional homicide as the state charged. I believe that it was an accidental death that Casey then covered up. The night that Kaylee was missing, Casey Anthony was strolling hand in hand with her boyfriend in a blockbuster video store looking for a video to watch that night. That, to me, was the most telling aspect of why this was no surprise. The child is gone, I have my freedom, and I'm going to exercise it. Do you think we'll ever know the truth about what happened to Kaylee? I don't believe that we will ever find the truth about Kaylee Anthony's death. Casey Anthony is the only person on this earth that knows what happened to her, and Casey's not gonna talk. If Casey did talk, I don't think that she's capable of telling the truth in this regard, no matter what. And still to come, if you thought you had a rough day, check out this sheriff's deputy who just refused to give up on an arrest. She was dragged nearly 50 feet for her trouble, and the suspect eventually got away, but not for long. We're going to show you the entire heart-pounding video and one very satisfying arrest. Next. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Our last story tonight has a lesson for cops and would-be fugitives alike. Uh, for the cops, one handcuff does not an arrest make. And uh, for people being arrested, if you run, it only makes it worse. You're about to see a man named Keon Hodge, 28 years old, allegedly trespassing in a motel in Florida. When the sheriffs arrived, they discovered he was an outstanding warrant. So they put him under arrest, or at least they tried to. Uh, they managed to get one cuff on him uh, when he suddenly took off and dragged the deputy behind him for nearly 50 feet. Uh, they tried to tase him, but he just kept on going. And that's when the aviation unit got involved, tracking him to a junkyard, where a canine unit then brought the chase to a close. You just have to see it. Take a look. Please. Please, please, please. Stop! Please, 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 stop! 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 providing! Stop! 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 Stop!
Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like I might have it. Might have him, possibly. He's gonna be in a, it's a fenced-in car lot just west of the location. Get in there and there's a carport overhang in the middle of this junkyard. There was somebody that was kneeling down, looked like he was messing with something possibly on his arm. And then he went further inside the structure. Go in the building, turn around. Turn around. Go in that, there's a door, should be a door opening right there, yep. Now walk out. Stalin buddy. Okay, give me light. Give me light. Under here. Crawl under. Crawl under. Crawl under. Yes, sir. Lay on your stomach. On your stomach. Yes, sir. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.